share our worship, our time before God together with us as a church family. And church family is big for us. And uh, uh, just what God has done over the years in terms of uh, just deepening relationships with each other and you folks coming in has been wonderful, really. And also old folks coming back. I say old. Uh, Christina and Cy Carey are here from the UK. And these are dear, dear folks. And most of you won't even know them, or many of you won't. This couple have been right here at the start of all things. Uh, they've impacted us, influenced us. We treasure them. They're in the wrong hemisphere. They should be here. Uh, but can you just like to stand? We'd like to just put our hands together and say, Welcome, Brian Christina Carey. <laughs> oh, dear. Sorry, I had to do that. Uh, it's just that, man, dear folks, and, uh, and we treasure them, and we treasure all those whom God is gifting us, giving us. Each person is a gift from God. And uh, maybe you've been here for a short time with us. I know it's holidays, so there are people traveling and all over the place, and, and one or two new faces here as well this morning. Well, can we just say that God is building something, we believe, that's full of grace, full of the Spirit, uh, and loving the Word of God. And uh, we're just carrying on with our series, as Phil said earlier. It's a series that we're doing, and uh, No Well-Worn Paths. And uh, really what we're looking at is, um, oh, there we go, No Well-Worn Paths. And, and the point of it is, is really taking a character each Sunday and, and looking at how they responded to the no well-worn paths before them. Because as you look at 2019, you might be thinking, I don't know what's going to happen. And uh, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. So uh, before we go any further, I'm going to just pray and ask God to help us this morning that God will speak to you at a crucial moment in the beginning of the year. So let's just pray for a second, shall we? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, dear God. Dear God. Hari mai e te wairua tapu. Uhuia mutia aroha noa. Come with your gifts, Holy Spirit. Oh, hari mai. We love you, Lord. We love your presence. We love your ways. We worship you, dear God. And speak to us about the new year. Speak to us about this man, Abraham, who had no well-worn paths before him. Speak to us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, Genesis chapter 12, actually, uh, verse 1 to 4 is um, where we're going. Oh, man. There we go. Genesis 12, 1 to 4. You may have your Bibles. You might want to turn to there. If you don't have your Bible, don't panic. The words will also be coming up on the screen in the translation we're going to use. Uh, but I love turning to Abraham. I often find myself talking about him. Uh, and he's a favorite because his whole, the, the life of this man, the whole life is an amazing journey with no well-worn paths, right? Geographically, that's true if you read his story, but also spiritually, it's true as well. When we first meet him here back in Genesis 12, he knows little about God at this point. He doesn't know very much at all. And yet, many years later, he has gained such a place with God that God himself refers to him as Abraham, my friend. Abraham, my friend. It's a beautiful phrase. And, and for God to just come out and say that about you. Abraham, my friend. It's like he's saying, Abraham, Abraham and me, we were so close. He knew me and my ways. I shared with him what was closest to me. It's about, it's about intimacy. And by the end of Abraham's journey, this is where he's got to. In his, as a person. And I don't know about you, but I, I would love it for God to be able to say that about me, Pete, my friend. Now, I know that, yeah, we can claim that kind of as an identity ticket in the New Covenant. We can claim that. But this is talking about something deeper. This is talking about intimacy. 
a relationship which is deep. Because the reality is we're all on a journey, aren't we? We're all on a journey with God, a spiritual journey. I think of my journey. Mine began way back when I was a teenager, when I walked into a church very similar to this one. It was the first church I'd ever walked into. My parents never told me about God at all. I was a total blank. And I walked in, and from the moment they, they started the worship, all I can say is that God was there. I just sensed God here. As, as they began to sing. Now, I didn't know him or know anything about him, but I just knew God was here, and I want to give my life to this God whom I did not know. It was weird, really. And so that night, or that next day, I brought a, a, a Bible, the first Bible I ever owned, and I went to my school where I was at the time, and I began to preach to people about this God I did not know. And the proof of the fact that I did not know him, and it's very embarrassing to say it now, but... But I remember earnestly saying to my friends, you need to be circumcised to be saved. <laughs> and, and the only good thing was that we didn't know what the word circumcision meant, so it was all right to say that. Well, the point is I knew nothing about this God, but over the years, my journey has gone on, and I'm sure you'll be pleased to know I don't preach circumcision to be saved. Right? <laughs> Things have gone deeper than that since. Well, by the end of Abraham's life, his journey, it's very deep. He's very close to God. Abraham, my friend. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The foundation for this amazing journey, for building this incredible friendship, can be found way, way back here in Genesis 12 at the very, very start. So, so I'm going to put up Genesis 12, and we're all going to pitch in. We're going to read this passage uh, as a group. So here we go. Ready, set, Go. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord told him. All right, so here's Abram, happily living in a, in a place miles from anywhere called Ur of the Chaldees, which is miles away from anywhere. Very prosperous place. And Abraham himself is very established there in this place. He's got lots of things. He's well off. Lots of camels, lots of herds. No reason for him to move. Well established. And then God comes to him and speaks to him and calls him to leave everything he's ever known behind. And, and launch out on what I call this, I call it this, launch out on an adventure in grace-filled dependence. An adventure in grace-filled dependence. An adventure in trusting God to lead him every day, one step at a time. And you see, this is the foundation I'm talking about. It's what a true friendship with God is built on. This everyday dependence on God's grace. And you can see it right back here in the passage, can't you? Because it's interesting, when God comes to Abram, he doesn't actually tell him where to go. He just, says, he just says, come to a place I will show you. He doesn't actually tell him anything. It's not as if he gives him a road map of the Middle East with X marking the spot where he's going to be and the route to get there and the stopping off places and the food supplies and the motels. He doesn't tell Abraham anything. He tells them nothing at all. There's no map. He simply says, come to a land I will show you. It's not very specific, is it? 
Not very specific. No names even mentioned. No place names. I mean, if I was to turn up at your door one day and said, hey, leave everything behind and come to a place I will show you, you'd think I was nuts. You might think that anyway. Of course you need something far more specific. If I, even if I said to you, hey, it's summertime, come to a holiday place I will show you. Even that is still not enough, is it? You want to know more detail. You want to know, where is this place? Is it 5Ks down the road or is it 500? How much petrol will I need? How long will it take me to get there? Are there any stop-offs? What route will we travel? Where's the map? Give us a clue. Quite reasonable. Well, Abraham gets none of that. It's just leave everything, your country, your people, your father's household. That's everything you've ever known. All your securities, leave it and come to a land I will show you. And you think, what's going on here? Why isn't God more specific? Why isn't there more detail? And the answer is, of course, is that God is setting Abraham up. It's a setup from God. He's calling him to an adventure of total dependence on him for every step he takes. So that every morning, every day, there's going to be a conversation between Abraham and God. And it's going to go something like, where are we, God? How far do we need to go today? Is this place over the next rise? Is it across the next lake? Is it around the next forest? Are we there yet? Every day. You know when children say that in the car journey? Five minutes down the road, are we there yet? Five minutes later, are we there yet? Well, drives you crazy if you're a parent driving the car, but this is just what God is after. It's what he's setting up, this constant communication, this constant dependence. Why? Because out of this comes intimacy, comes relationship, comes learning to know God and know his voice. I mean, put it this way, if God had just given Abraham a map, then you know what would have happened. It would have been, well, thank you, Lord. I got the map. Bye. I don't need to talk to you anymore. I've got the map. It's all about the map. But can you see, God doesn't want to give Abraham a map. He wants to give Abraham himself. And that's a different thing. He wants to give him intimacy. He wants to be involved with Abraham every day during the day. And, thing, and the thing is, in 2019, nothing's changed. God wants that for you and me. He's not interested in giving us maps. He wants to give us himself. Himself. Listen, as you look ahead to 2019, you might be desperate for a map. You know, like, like what's going to happen this year? What's going to happen with my job? Where will it take me? What about my student courses? What will I do? What about the children and putting them through school? How will they be? How will it work out? What about the money? Where will it come from? What about the house? Do we sell it or not? What about the town? Do we go there or not? We can have so many questions. And really what these questions are, are a plea for a map. We want a map. Or at least a well-worn path or two. Listen, God doesn't want to give you a map or a path. He wants to give you himself. You want a map. He wants you. It's a different agenda. And we sometimes get that mixed up. It's called grace-filled dependence. As a church, it's just the same. As we look at the year ahead, yeah, as Phil mentioned earlier, we've got ideas, we've got plans. But listen, 
and we'll share them with you over the next few Sundays, but listen, we never want to be a church that's happy with maps, you know, second-hand advice from the so-called church growth experts or, or the next church craze that's coming down the pike or, or even the old traditions that have got us this far. No, we don't want that. We want God. The very nature of a walk with God is that we walk with God. That's the nature of it. A walk trusting and receiving his favor every step of the way cast upon his grace. Let me ask you this morning, are you ready for that this year as you look at 2019? Because listen, if you are, I promise you, you will know God far more deeply by the end of it than you do now. And that is God's heart for you. Now, having said that, this doesn't mean that God doesn't give us helps along the way. Of course he does. And you can see that right here in this passage because what does God give Abraham here? Well, he gives him promises, wonderful promises. Look at what it says there. I'll make you into a great nation. I'll bless you. Make your name great. You'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, curse, uh, curse those who curse you. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. What is that? That's promise. That's God envisioning, stirring Abraham, saying, I'm committed to you. And let me just say, God is happy to give you promises. In fact, you need them. You need promises from God as you look ahead at the year. Can I encourage you to be open to God speaking to you, seeking him to speak to you, allowing him to speak to you. Often we're walking around with our ears closed looking for maps, and God wants to speak to us. His Spirit is here for that very thing, to give you promises, to stir you, and express His commitment to you. Look, today, if you're thinking, I haven't heard God for a long time, or I didn't even know God could speak to me, I didn't even know God was interested in me. Can I tell you this morning, God sent His Son to die for you. Of course He's interested in you. His Spirit is here to speak to you promises. We'll make room at the end for that. If you think, God, I need to hear you, well, we'd love to pray with you. Let's together ask God to speak promises into your life. Now, God gives us helps along the way. In fact, you know what? He even gives us more helps than Abraham had, it seems to me. I mean, for one thing, God has given us a bigger Bible than he ever gave Abraham. Because if you think about it, Abraham's Bible was only 12 chapters long. Because he appears in Genesis chapter 12. I mean, talk about a slim version of the Bible. Very slim. Twelve chapters, that's all he's got to know God by. So what does that mean? That's creation, that's the Tower of Babel, that's the flood, and that's really about it. So his knowledge of God, his copy of the Scriptures is very, very small, and yet, amazingly, he steps out. And I sometimes wonder, you know, when God, it says that God spoke to Abraham, I often wonder, what did Abraham see? What perception of God did he have? when God came to him, if he only had 12 chapters. I don't think he had much. And yet, amazingly, he steps out. Listen, God has given you more than 12 chapters. He's given you far more. We have the histories, the laws, the prophets, the, the Psalms, the New Testament, the life, the death, the uh, uh, resurrection, the ascension of Jesus, the coming of the Spirit the unfolding of history, the end of all things, and the glory to come. We have it right here in this book. God has put it in your hands. Guys, at the beginning of this year, this is your springboard to knowing God better. 
Don't let it become a dead book on the shelf. Allow it to become a life-giving expression of God to you. It's the Bible. It's the Word of God. And then finally, if that's not enough, listen, one other thing. Perhaps the greatest helps we have that Abraham had less of is simply this. We have an access to God that Abraham never had. We have an access to his spirit, to God's person that the other Old Testament saints just didn't have. Yet God, God, yes, he spoke to these saints, but it was always at a, in a shadow, you know, a little bit several steps back. It's a bit like hearing somebody speak to you in a room full of smoke. You know, you can't see anybody. You can hear, hear someone talking to you. Who is that? Where are you? What are you saying? Murky. I don't quite understand what you're saying to me. Are you there, Lord? That's the murkiness of the old covenant, in a sense. But listen, God has spoken to us. God has done something far more. Why? Well, the reason why it was murky for them back then is simply because the Spirit of God hadn't fully come yet to each one. God's intimate presence hadn't come into them because, of course, in the Old Covenant, He couldn't come. In the Old Covenant, because of His holiness and our sin, there was always a barrier. It was always murky. But finally, through the blood of Jesus, through his death on the cross, our sin is dealt with. And now, you and I, we've got full access to his presence any time and all of the time. In fact, we are commanded to come to him now. So you've got in Hebrews 10, Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, let us draw near. I tell you, we have access to God that the Old Testament saints only dreamt of. We are told to come near. It's like the way is open. The Spirit is given to you in a way the Old Testament saints just couldn't know. I love what Tim Kakakakalos says. He kind of summarizes this. He says this. He says, the same divine glory that would have been fatal to Moses on contact now comes into the hearts of those pardoned by Christ. We can have hearts to praise, sing, and pray to a God with a joy and reality that neither David nor Abraham nor John the Baptist could know. God will not merely build us a house. He will make us his house. He will fill us with his presence, beauty, and glory. That is the new covenant. That is through the blood of Jesus. You have full access to his presence, beauty, and glory. Something more than Abraham had. Listen, Jesus died to give you the full meal, his presence, beauty, and glory. Let's not settle for crumbs. Let's not settle for crumbs. He died that you might fully experience his presence, beauty, and glory. Listen, if you feel that over this last year, 2018, you kind of got used to crumbs, or a quick snacks, going to the table, taking something and dashing off. Listen, God says, come to the full meal. Come to my presence. Get to know my beauty and my glory. That's what Jesus died for. He died for more than this. Hallelujah. As we step into 2019, look, Abraham stepped out on the little he knew. How much more can we run with confidence on all that God has given us? Amen. This is 2019. Hallelujah. Listen, 
Don't look for maps. Don't depend on well-worn paths. Settle it this morning in your heart. I'm looking to you, Lord. I'm raising my gaze. I am looking to you. I'm looking to you for fresh promises. I'm looking to your word. I'm leaning into you for more of your spirit. I'm looking to you. I'm looking to you to take me further into you and your ways that I've ever been before. I'm looking breakthrough, not just in the life of the church or the community. I'm looking for breakthrough in my own life. I want to move on with you. I just feel this as we're talking even, that God is drawing near and he's wanting to put his finger on a few people here this morning and say, I'm calling you. You need to leave your Ur of the Chaldees. You need to leave your comfort zone. You need to leave the thing which you've been used to for so long. You've got used to it now. You've got your, your certain expectations, your little box, the thing that you're happy with. It's time to go forward now in a new way. Amen? Amen. Let's stand, shall we? Let's just stand where we are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.